Then the disciples looked one to another, doubting of whom he spake. They couldn't believe this. They couldn't even imagine one of them doing this, betraying him, the, the one that they all believed was God, was the Messiah. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Hi, this is Jim Scudder, and welcome back to In Grace here on this Tuesday, January 24th. I hope your day's going great, and I'm excited that we're going to continue where we left off yesterday in our series, The Story of Jesus. It's a chronological look at the Gospels, and we're here in the last day of Jesus' life before his crucifixion and subsequently uh, his resurrection. But the story of Jesus, it's an incredible story. It's a story of God solving all of our problems, of God showcasing his love. And here we're going to see Jesus today washing the disciples' feet. And it's profound. It's incredible that he would do that. And then he's also going to be predicting that one of them would betray him. And so there's so much packed into that upper room, that last supper scenario that we can learn from and and that we can really understand what God is like, what Jesus was like, and how we ought to be. And and to me, I think the most important thing that a Christian can learn is humility. I really think that's it. If we can be humble, then we can serve, and he can use us, and he can empower us, and he can direct us. If we can't be humble, then uh, we can't serve him because he was a servant. And so we'll learn that and so much more today here on In Grace. And right before we go into the message today, uh, let me encourage you that In Grace has uh, some really neat travel opportunities, and we'd like for you to come with us on an experience. Uh, We are going to Alaska on a cruise in July, and let me kind of describe that. We have In Grace friends from all over the country that will fly all into Anchorage, Alaska, we will have a transfer down to Whittier, Alaska, which is about an hour and a half, and you go through a mountain. It's kind of cool. And then uh, board the Holland America, New Amsterdam, and take a seven-day cruise from Whittier and stopping along the way on the Inside Passage, beautiful towns like Ketchikan, Seward, and other places that are just just incredible beauty, and we'll end up in Vancouver, Canada. There's no vaccine requirement anymore, and so this is the time to, if you've ever thought of cruising, if you've ever thought of Alaska, uh, do it with us because we have a creation speaker, Bruce Malone and his wife Robin. Majesty Music will be with us providing music. I'll be speaking. We have a room every evening in the ship. If you'd like to attend those uh, group meetings, you can, and we'll be uh, worshiping and learning about our Lord. And so if If that's something that interests you, let me encourage you to go to our website, ingraceradio.com, ingraceradio.com, and click on travel, or call us at 1-800-78-GRACE, and we'll send you a brochure. We also would love for you to check out our trips to Israel. We have one coming up in February of this year and one in February of next year. And uh, if you'd like to get on one of those trips, it's a experience. It's a trip of a lifetime. It's so much more than a vacation. It's so much more than an educational experience. 
it'll be relaxing, it'll be educational, but to me, the, the, the deepest meaning is you'll have a spiritual experience unlike anything that you've ever had because you're actually in the place where God, you know, appeared and where he has worked and where he is going to work. And so um, a trip to Israel is, is life-changing. So if that's something that interests you, again, the website is ingraceradio.com and click on travel. One last thing, In Grace is coming to you. For those of you that listen in Chicago, and we are privileged to be on three stations in the Chicago area, then we'd love for you to come to a Gather in Grace. It's a free event that we're holding where we'll provide beautiful music and I'll be speaking. And I'd love to just get to know you and meet you. And if you're in the Chicago area, uh, it's in Downers Grove. So it's a Western suburb. It's not far from anybody in Chicago. And uh, we would love to have you. It's a free ticket event. And you can get that free ticket at ingraceradio.com and click on Gather in Grace. John 13, 4, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Can you imagine this? Just think about this for a second. They should be washing his feet, and some had. Remember, with tears, with perfume, anointing him. This happened twice or more. Then cometh he to Simon Peter. Remember, Peter was impetuous. He had the uh, foot and mouth disease. You've heard of that? We have it most of the time too. So he comes to Simon and Peter said unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Wow. Wow. And Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. So there's the swing. Peter's the pendulum, right? He's way over here. So now he swings way back over here. And Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. You know, first he says, don't wash my feet. Then he says, okay, wash my feet. Wash everything all the way up. And Jesus' reply is curious. And I think there's a spiritual lesson here. If you're saved, you have been washed. You are clean. But as we walk through the world, our feet get dirty And that's what confession is. That's where we come to Christ and say, listen, I blew it. I'm wrong. I'm really sorry. Please forgive me. Please cleanse me, 1 John. So let's do that. So I think this is what we're finding here. Jesus saith unto him, he that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. Now, what does he mean by that? Not all. I believe he's talking about Judas. There was one person in this room that was not clean. There was one person in this room that was a fake. He was pretending, but he wasn't real. And this was one that was not clean, and that, I believe, was Judas still in the room. Verse 11. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you, Ye call me master and Lord, ye say well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, here it is, folks, this is to you, this is to me. If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, if he saved you, you put your trust in him, you are following him, you're a disciple of his, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. Now, 
Does this mean literally? I think it means literally if needed. I'm thankful this church does not practice this as I believe my mom's church did when she was young. They did, they did. But listen, you're gonna have a situation. It might be your old parent. It might be someone that you, you need to show compassion on and, and you're going to have this opportunity. Who are we that we won't humble ourselves as Jesus, our master, has humbled himself? So this is a huge conviction on all of us, not just washing someone's feet, but just being compassionate and being willing to help someone in whatever they need and whatever we can do for them. 15, he says, for I've given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Now, later on, we're going to find them arguing on who's going to be the greatest, who's going to be elevated in the kingdom. Of course, they didn't learn the lesson. May we learn their lesson in our lives today? So next we come to Jesus predicting his betrayal. And this is astounding. Jesus is going to predict his betrayal. We're going to read John's account, John 13, but it's also Matthew 26, 21, Mark 14, 18, and Luke 22, 21. John 13, 18, I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. So he started to predict there's one among them that is a traitor. Now I tell you before it come that when it is come to pass, ye may believe that I am he. So why does Jesus predict? Why does Jesus say, I'm gonna be crucified? Why does Jesus later say to Peter that he's gonna deny him three times? Why does Jesus do this? To prove who he is. This is for us to know that he is God. Only God can predict the future, friends. So it says, now I tell you, again in verse 19, before it come, that when it has come to pass, ye may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, truthfully, truthfully, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. How hard would this be? For Jesus to say, one of the 12, one of the ones that had been with him for all these years, for up to three years, then the disciples looked one to another, doubting of whom he spake. They couldn't believe this. They couldn't even imagine one of them doing this, betraying him, the, the one that they all believed was God, was the Messiah. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples. This seems odd to us, right? What in the world? They're at dinner. You've seen... Leonardo da Vinci's painting. They're not laying down. They're sitting at a table, very Anglo. You know, they've recently uh, touched up the painting and found that he actually has sliced eel on the Last Supper table. Um, very European, right? Uh, but anyways, uh, no, they were reclining. This was their custom. This is the way they would eat, especially in the Passover. They would all be reclining on a, there would be a low table with food. They'd have uh, cushions that they'd be reclining on, leaning on, and all the way around. So the one that was near Jesus, it says, leaning on his bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved, 
that's always John. And then we're reading John, right? That's always how John referred to himself. So this is, he's talking about himself. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. So Peter's like, hey, John, John, find out. Who is this? Find out, ask Jesus who this is. And then lying on Jesus' breast said unto him, Lord, who is it? So this is now a private conversation between Jesus and John. Okay, Jesus answered, it is he to whom I shall give a sop. And he's like, what in the world is a sop? Okay, um, a sop was a piece of bread that was dipped in some sort of sauce, gravy. Maybe it was the, the, the juice from the lamb, whatever it was. Uh, and th- this sop was something the host would do as a gesture of friendship and love to one of his guests. Okay, now remember that. Jesus said, whoever I give the sop to, um, that's the one when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. So this is incredible, right? For two reasons. One, Jesus' heart was heavy. We just read that. He knew he was gonna be betrayed by Judas and he still gave the sop to Judas. What does that mean? That means Jesus is giving him love even though he knows what Judas is about to do to him. I believe this is one last chance of Jesus giving him the opportunity to not do what he was going to do. You're listening to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr., Are you looking for an adventure that will take your breath away? Then check out Ingrace's new series, Amazing Arches, that explores the natural beauty of God's creation. From the iconic, delicate arch in Utah to the lesser-known arches in Arizona, Colorado, and Kentucky, this series showcases the stunning diversity of these natural wonders. But it's not just about the scenery. Amazing Arches also features Ph.D. astronomer Dr. Danny Faulkner and Ph.D. geologist Andrew Snelling, who provide fascinating insights into the geology and history of these iconic landmarks. Get your copy of Amazing Arches for a gift of any amount. And when your gift is $25 or more, we'll include the popular video series, Our Awesome Universe, Big Bang or Big God. Call now at 800-78-GRACE or visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. John 13, 27. After the sop, Satan entered into him. So Jesus says to him, what thou doest, do quickly. Now, no man at the table knew for what intent he spake. So they they didn't really understand why would Jesus tell that to to, uh, Judas. And uh, for some of them thought because Judas had the bag that Jesus had said to him, go buy the things that we have need against the feast or that he should give something to the poor. So they didn't really know why Jesus said, go do what you're gonna do quickly. But obviously, They still have a lot to learn, right? They still have a lot to learn. They weren't real fast on catching on to things. And verse 30, and having received the sop, went immediately out and it was night. So now Judas has left the building. Now it's a room full of believers, Jesus and the 11. And then what does Jesus do? He has one of the sweetest moments of fellowship that we still observe today. And we've been doing it for 50 years. And all through church history, the church has been doing this, the Lord's Supper. 
We find this in Matthew 26, 26, Mark 14, 22, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. We're gonna read Luke's account in Luke twenty two fifteen. And he said unto them, with desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not eat any more thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink the fruit of the vine. What is this? This is grape juice. It's the fruit of the vine. There's no ambiguity here. This is not alcoholic wine, folks. It's the fruit of the vine. Until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread and gave thanks. Remember, this would have been unleavened bread. And break it and gave it unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given to you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Is Jesus saying, as the Roman Catholics teach, that this is turning into my body, and you're literally eating the body of Christ? Absolutely not. We reject that because it's not biblical. Is the juice blood? No. What is it? It's a picture. It's a picture. He's not saying, eat my arm. He's saying, this represents my body. This is in remembrance of me. And the Lord's Supper is a reminder. Why do we do this frequently here at our church? It's a reminder of what Jesus did in the past, in the present, what he's doing now, and what he's going to do in the future. This is symbolic of our present relationship with him. And it's symbolic of the promise of what he's going to do for us in the future. The Lord's Supper is not a funeral. It is a memorial of his death. Why is it not a funeral? Because he's not dead. He died. We remember that. We memorialize that he died. But he is not dead. For he rose again. He will never die. Death only held on to Jesus' body for three days, and then he broke the bonds of death. And so at communion, we rejoice that Jesus has conquered death for us, and he has set us free from the fear of death. And that's why communion has a, a past component to it. But it also helps us remember our present relationship with Jesus Christ. As we continue uh, to participate, we currently commune with him, not just at communion, but all the time, and we're currently united in him. Very much a present reminder of what Jesus is to us in our lives. And then, whenever we participate in the Lord's table, we're reminded of Jesus' promise, what? To come again. To come again and to celebrate with us the greatest victory celebration of all time. The great wedding supper of the Lamb. Communion covers the past, the present, and the future. Every time you take communion, think about that. Think about a memorial to his death and we identify in his death. And that he rose again, that we identify in his resurrection. That he's coming back, that we have communion with him and we're in unity with him. So what is this marriage supper of the Lamb? Let me just read you Revelation 19, and then we'll be done. It says in verse seven, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Who is the wife of Jesus Christ? It is the church. The church is the bride of Christ. And he's gathered the church together before the tribulation, we call that the rapture. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean 
and white. That is the righteousness of Christ that he gives us. We are clean. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, Write, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. So let us conclude today with thinking about the future, the glory. The Bible says that during the millennium, the one that's planting the grapes is going to be passed by by the person reaping the grapes. And Christ wants to help us today. He has paid for our sins. He has died the death that we could not die and pay for our own sins. So he did that for us. And he rose again and he's alive. And if you will, by faith, trust in him, you will be saved today and tomorrow and forever. It's by grace that you're saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's a gift. Receive that gift by faith in him right now. Well, listen, I hope that you have trusted Christ as your savior. And that's a one-time decision. It's a one-time event because if you've done that, then you're born again. And once you're born, you can't be unborn and you're always a child of God. You say, well, what if I mess up? What if I disappoint the Lord? What if I depart from the faith? Well, listen, as children of your parents, you might disappoint them, but there's a fact you will always be their child. And so it is with God. Jesus said, you must be born again. And how can I be born again? How can you be born again? Well, Jesus said in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, here's the key word, believeth in him, that's believeth in Jesus, should not perish, that's hell, but have everlasting life. That's heaven. And so that's a simple but profound verse of the Bible. And it tells us how we can be saved by believing. Believing what? Well, believing that Jesus, the Son of God, died for our sins and rose again. Died for your sins and rose again. You're trusting in him and him alone. Not a religion, not a pastor or a priest, not in yourself, but you're trusting in Jesus. And at that moment, that exact moment, there's a, a rebirth. And at that rebirth, uh, you are now a child of God forever and ever. And now you say, well, why should I serve him? Well, because he's worthy. It is right. Because you love him, we should serve him. Love him for what? For who he is, for what he's done. And so that's why we serve him. We are to work, not to be saved or stay saved. We are to work because we are saved. And that's what Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 tells us. And so if you've never put your faith in Jesus, do it today and you will be saved today, tomorrow, and forever. Now, let me talk to you real quick about a couple things. One, uh, In Grace has some really fun and, and life-changing travel opportunities. One, we're going to Alaska in July. We're going to do a cruise, a seven-day cruise. We've done this before. Very, very popular, uh, very successful, and you'll love it. Even if you say, well, I don't want to go on a, a ship, I'll get seasick. Actually, these ships are mostly in the inside passage. It's calm water. It's beauty on both sides, and we're going to give you 
opportunities to worship together with a creation speaker, with majesty music. I'll be there speaking. And so it's it's really remarkable. It's a beautiful, wonderful time. And we would love for you to come with us on our creation cruise to Alaska. To find out more information, go to ingraceradio.com and click on travel. We also invite those of you that live in the Chicago area. We're on uh, 550 radio stations around the country, but we're on three in Chicago, and that's our hometown. We'll be doing a Gather in Grace event on this Saturday, this Saturday, January 28th, at the Belmont Bible Church in Downers Grove. So that's a free ticket event, but to get a ticket, go to ingraceradio.com. And we hope to get to some other cities in the United States as well. And then also, we have a really neat video series that we'd like to thank those of you that donate to Ingrace with this video. It's either a DVD or digital download. It's called Amazing Arches, a four-part series featuring incredible natural stone and rock formations that are in the east and in the western parts of the United States. And we have the wonderful Dr. Danny Faulkner as our guide, and it's a lot of fun. So you want to get that. If your gift is $25 or more, we'll give you another video that Dr. Faulkner helped us with, which is our awesome universe, Big Bang or Big God. Are you looking for an adventure that will take your breath away? Then check out Ingrace's new series, Amazing Arches, that explores the natural beauty of God's creation. Get your copy of Amazing Arches for a gift of any amount. And when your gift is $25 or more, we'll include the popular video series, Our Awesome Universe, Big Bang or Big God. Call now at 800-78-GRACE. Visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to us at Ingrace P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on Ingrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. Ingrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.